Hey friend, are you looking to start a fun business on the side, but don't know where or how to get started? Are you in direct sales, network marketing, or social retail and looking for tangible ways to scale your business? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Socially Selling Podcast with me, Becky Baxter. I was a teacher by trade turned entrepreneur. I am a mompreneur who has invested time, energy, and resources into growing a multi-million dollar business, all while playing the role of wife, mama, leader, friend, and CEO. I will share tangible tips, hacks, and raw moments that have led to my continued success. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these real-life messy moments that have created incredible magic and changed the trajectory of my life. Let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to the podcast. So you are listening here on either one of two places, either the Socially Selling Podcast with Becky Baxter. Hello, Becky. Hello. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Yes. You know, we are a powerhouse duo. So whenever we get together, it's always a good time. Um, So you're either listening on Becky's podcast or you're listening on my podcast, the Legacy Leader Podcast with Monique Scripp. And if you don't know, we are business partners. And so um, we do a lot of things together, but we don't have that many podcast episodes together. I don't think. I know. I know. It's been a while. Actually, I was thinking about that recently. I was like, I need to invite her onto my podcast again soon. Yeah. It's been a- yeah. I think it's been a year. We did a series probably about a year ago. So it's been about yeah. a year since we have done that. So um, Becky, for those of you, or for those who are listening, who don't know who you are, can you share a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Uh, so I have such a passion for the direct sales industry for a variety of reasons, but I will say to start off, I am a mom of two super sassy girls and been married this summer for 15 years. And when I became a mom, I recognized that as much as I loved teaching, uh, you know, I'm teacher by trade. I was really, I had this desire to stay home, to be a stay at home mom. But I'm such a driven person that I realized very quickly, you know, after lots and lots of diaper changes and, you know, just like kind of that like loneliness of the, I don't want to say like new, just newborn stage, but when they're really small, you know, my husband was going to work. So I was like home by myself. I recognized I really wanted something more and, you know, financially our family needed more. And so I entered into Pampered Chef where I built, you know, a very large organization. We got to 8 million a year. I was at the top of the company and just, you know, built an incredible team and culture. And it really changed our life. You know, it opened so many doors, provided so many opportunities. Um, But then I recognized I had a desire for something more for me personally. You know, my more was... I loved developing leaders. I received a couple of awards actually for that. And um, I, I was just really interested in like the coaching aspect and the mentoring and the speaking and training, you know, I guess that teacher in me, you know, was like starting to come back out a little bit more. And so, yeah, so then you and I, it's been like this very interesting, um, I think, timeline of events because neither, I mean, you were 
I guess you can speak to that in a minute, actively looking for a partner, but I was kind of like just floundering, you know, I was like, let me just try a couple of things. You know, I started a podcast, my, you know, my podcast, I launched that. Um, and I had done, I think at that point I had had a couple of one-on-one coaching clients, but I wasn't exactly sure, you know, where I wanted to take things. Um, and then we collaborated and I guess the rest is history. Right. And, and so much more, uh, growth and expansion and evolution and all the things is on the horizon. I think you and I both can see that. Um, so yeah, so, uh, hopefully that's, that's enough of a backstory. Yeah. I love it. Yes. And we have so much fun. So we really, yes. really do. But yeah. yeah so- I love- your like your maybe timeline and like what brought you to where you know we're working today and collaborating and just a little bit about um your experience I think people you know if they haven't heard from you would like to hear that yes okay so Monique Scripp I'm a business leadership coach and I was a foster mom turned adoptive mom and ended up in 2015 adopting three boys and that was really you know I had been I had done direct sales network marketing previously But at that point, I was working a full-time job and loved what I did. I loved, I love working. I think that's the thing. I love working. Mm -hmm. I love anything that challenges me. I love sales and leadership and all those kinds of things. And so I went through the season where I really felt guilty as a mom. Just some things had come up with specifically with one of my kids where I felt like I was not giving enough. And I felt like I didn't have, like, I was like, I don't, I remember telling Matt one time, I was like, I do not have any more time in my day to give. I don't have any more Mm -hmm. energy. And I know that's something we're going to talk about today is energy. I was like, I just don't have anything left in me. And so I realized something had to give and I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, I've got to (laughs) make a change somewhere. Um, And because I was familiar with the direct sales world, I was part of a company that is now out of business, but um, because I knew how that worked, I was like, that is an avenue. Like, I know I can get into the network marketing space and be able to be home with my kids and have flexibility. And so that was what attracted me there. And so I was able to really quickly do that and then pivoted into coaching. And so I've been coaching since then. And then you and I, you know, we knew each other because we went to the same college and Um, but we didn't really know, you know, what each other was doing. And so when I saw what you were doing, I was actively, I had been looking for a business partner. Like I knew I wanted to do this with someone, but it had to be, you know, somebody who was already in this space, knew how to lead, like, you know, obviously. And I feel like, um, I don't want to get too long-winded, but I feel like it has been just a joy, like so much fun, you know, working together and traveling Mm -hmm. together and all the things that, Um, that we get to do. But anyway, but for today, we're going to be talking about boundaries in leadership. And I feel like this is Mm -hmm. such an important topic. I've actually done two other podcast episodes previously about boundaries, but not specifically in when it comes to leadership. And so I thought, you know, who else to have this conversation with than you, Becky, because you are truly, I mean, you are a leader of leaders. Like you are truly, not only did you become that leader in your organization, but you developed leaders. And I think that that's kind of the difference is like, you know, there are people who are leaders and you have people following you. And then there are people who learn how to duplicate leaders. And when it comes to your compensation plan and recognizing your compensation plan in the network marketing industry and what pays you the most, it's when you develop leaders. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, a thousand percent. Like it's, it's interesting. Well, first of all, thank you for, for saying that. Um, and 
I, it's funny too, right? Cause like when I was teaching, I did, I wouldn't say I like viewed myself as those were like characteristics that I had, but I think that's, what's so great about this industry, right? Is you like become like almost it, it challenges you to become the best version of yourself, like bringing out things in you that you didn't even know were there or desires even, right. That you didn't even know were there, you know, and, um, leadership is one of them for me. And, it's interesting because, you know, recently we shared with our community and we're going to actually talk, uh, we're going to have a free webinar coming up. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a little while, but um, where we're talking about how to maximize your compensation plan. And, you know, when we, a couple, I don't know if it's been a couple months ago or a month or so ago, we shared my actual numbers from like the comparison, right? The side-by-side -side of like, hey, here's what I would have made if I was working the business alone, right? Like I was just like selling the products versus the side-by-side -side comparison. And it was insane, like the difference. And, you know, I feel like, I think the majority of people in the industry kind of have an idea of like what is possible. They're like, yeah, I get it. If I recruit, I'll make more money. Or they think that it's like this far off thing. Like, oh, this person over here can do it, but that's not me. Or like, they think, oh, I'm gonna have to recruit like, thousands of people before I'll ever reach that kind of thing. And it's just not true, right? It's just, it's the difference is finding people who see the same vision as you. And it doesn't even have to be like tons of people. It just more has to be like people to grow with, right? Like people to do life with, to challenge each other. I was actually listening to an Ed Milet, you know, podcast today, and he was talking about how proximity is power. And like, when you're surrounding yourself by people who want to grow, you know, they're either a step ahead of you or they want to do the sim similar things as you, a lot of powerful things can come about. And I believe that's so much of my journey, what happened, you know, I wouldn't say it was like accidental leadership by any means, you know, I had to, um, you know, it took several years in a sense before I was like developing, like had a strategy and like a consistency behind developing leaders. But you know, up to that point, it was kind of like I was on this journey to like find people who saw the same opportunity that I saw. And I think that's what's, you know, when you really strike gold, it's when you find those people. Yeah. Well, I think you have to have a long-term perspective on things. Like if you come into it, and that's part of why I think people give up is because mm -hmm. they have this short-term perspective of, I want to come in, I want to make a little bit of money, you know, and if I'm not making it right away, like this isn't for me or whatever. And so I think you you have to have that long-term perspective of, you know, you, okay, I want you to share, because you give an analogy about the tomato garden that your dad um, is growing. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Oh my gosh, it's the cutest story, but it's so true. And I mean, I like laughed at the time, but now I think about it and I'm like, wow, that's like the perfect analogy for life in general, but especially in leadership. So my dad has this massive garden he does every year. And so this summer he had Evelyn, my youngest too, she's four and they were out in the garden. And, you know, after a couple of plants, she was literally like, this is hard work. Like I'm kind of done. It was hilarious. She was literally like, this is hard work. You know, you can imagine a four, like I'm, I'm yeah. spent. Like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Like, my dad's laughing, you know, he's kind of like, okay, well, you know, it's, if we want to enjoy the fruits and veggies at the end of the season, we ought to work hard, you know, and that's kind of right in life in general. Um, but after they were finished planting all these tomato plants, 
she said, Pops, if I come back tomorrow, can we have tomatoes? Will we have tomatoes? And he kind of chuckled. He was like, oh, no, that's not how this works. You know, no, 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 no. He said, it's going to be a while before we even get one tomato from all these plants. He said, you know, I have to like tend to the tend to the plants. I have to, you know, pit, pull the weeds. I have to water them up. I've got to allow time for them to just grow naturally, like with the sunlight. And, you know, and some of them at the end of the season are nothing will come from it. You know, he said, and she was like, what? You know, and he said, and then there will be some that'll have an abundance of tomatoes on it. And, you know, it's like with leadership, if we are, you know, looking through the lens of like, we can plant all of these seeds, right, of the opportunity of leadership, right? It's like you get people on your team and they're like, man, I'm like, I see the vision, I see the opportunity and we are serving them and providing, you know, not just, you know, painting the picture of what is possible, but like helping them also and holding them accountable and offering, you know, opportunities for growth. But then at the end of quote unquote, right, the end of the, that season, maybe you have these people kind of going through a leadership training or a six weeks to success or whatever at the end every single person maybe you have 20 people go through this program they're not all going to have this insane amount of harvest right in fact you may only have one or two come out of that that really you know produce a lot of fruit quote unquote for your paycheck and people just very often give up right like long mm -hmm. before they see that paycheck because they think like oh I planted the seed right or I sent that message or I, or they told me they were going to do this thing I don't understand why I'm not promoting you know yeah and, and I think that it's yeah I feel like also <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to talk over you I feel like also no as leaders it's helpful to set that expectation when we have new people like mm -hmm. when you have new people on your team to tell them like hey this is going to be a commitment this is you're going to have to play mm -hmm. the long game in order to see fruit because if you set that expectation in the same way that we tell our clients, you know, for every 10 people that you reach out to, you're probably going to have nine people who tell you no, who don't respond to you, who, you know, whatever, ghost you. And of, of those 10 people, one person may say yes. And so if someone doesn't know that and they go into sales or they go into recruiting right. or whatever it is, and, you know, they're like, oh, the first five people told me no. So this isn't for me or I'm not good at it or, you know, all these stories that they tell themselves. Right. Instead of recognizing it is a numbers game. And oftentimes, and this is what I love about our coaching program, because we have our clients track, oftentimes people think, like I mm -hmm. promise every person who's listening to this right now, you <laughs> that you are doing a lot more work than you're actually doing. But if you track, and I'm talking about like income producing work, like inviting people, inviting people, you know, posting yeah. specifically about your business, sales, you know, sales invites, all those kinds of things. Right. If you track that, you are most likely not doing as much as you think you are. And if you track it, what you'll recognize is there's probably a close, close to like a one out of 10 ratio. And so it's just, you just have to keep on going. If you want three people added to your team this month, you need to talk to 30 people about your business right. opportunity. So, okay. Totally. So for today, we're going to talk about four boundaries for leaders, because I think oftentimes, you know, leaders can get to a place of burnout and uh, maybe feeling like they're being taken advantage of or walked over or whatever, like you can have, or feeling resentful, you know, that's just human to have those moments where you feel that way towards your team. So we wanted to kind of have this conversation today. So we're going to give you four boundaries for leaders 
that we want to challenge you to evaluate for yourself and think about, do I need to put certain boundaries in place? Do I need to adjust things so that you can be in this long term, so that you can be, you know, thriving after years and years of being in this business and you don't exhaust yourself. So the first one, so number one, the very first boundary we want to encourage you to put in place is a boundary or boundaries with your access. So you do not need to make yourself available to every single person on your team 24-7. Like that does not make you a good leader because you are quick to respond to a text or a message or whatever. That does not make you a good leader. So can you speak to this, Becky? Oh, yes. Uh, so I have lots of thoughts <laughs> on this. Uh, and lots of ideas as well of like how to actually implement this. But I think the first thing is one thing I would always tell my team was like, there are no pampered chef emergencies, right? Like there's just not, right? There's not something that you're going to message me about that, you know, it's going to just crumble to the ground if, if I, you don't hear back from me right away, right? And I think too, the way you respond or like how long it takes or whatever, you're setting a standard for how people are are going to treat you. And so sometimes I would purposely not respond after a little while. And then they would message me back and be like, Oh, I found the answer on my own. Right. And so you're kind of like teaching them behavior, right. To like, Oh, Hey, if I don't hear from her, then maybe I should go check it out. And then that's giving them confidence. Like, Oh, I was able to do this on my own. Right. And build up. So it's kind of actually helping them for you to have boundaries. And so, you know, one thing I would tell people when they join my team, like from the very beginning, hey, I may not respond to you right away, but I will always get back to you within 24 hours unless there is something going on in my personal life or whatever that I just can't get back to you right away. But I will get back to you, right? And so, right, like sometimes they would ask me a question and then they would come back and say, oh, you know what? I found the answer. And so then I would message and send like a voice clip or something and say like, hey, I'm so glad you found the answer, you know? Let me know, you know, how things worked out or whatever based on what they asked me. Um, and so I think just that simple act of waiting, right? And then another thing I would do because, you know, I had an organization of over 1,500 people, 88 leaders at one point in time. And I set the standard that like the leaders were nurturing their team. And so it wasn't that I was untouchable and like someone in my organization could not message me, but I told them like, I want them to view you as the leader, right? And so even with the 88 leaders in my organization, I had one chat for everyone who was a director and above. And, you know, very often someone would ask a question in there like pertaining to leaders and someone else would chime in. Right. Like it wasn't like all on me. And so they had that community of support um, as well as I would use project broadcast to text out to my leaders like once a week, a leadership plan. And so they were still hearing from me, but they knew it was like a work phone quote phone number and like they knew it was project broadcast. So it was like I was still having a connection with them without feeling like, you know, I had to have all this banter with every single person. So yeah, they did have. Work. Sorry, I love that you said a leadership plan because it's like showing you being proactive and going ahead and saying like, okay, I'm going to, you know, talk about what's going on this week and set that expectation mm -hmm. there. And it's helpful for people to recognize that I think there's a difference between just basic questions and certain questions that maybe you do need to have those conversations with your upline. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started um, I would go to my upline for questions and she was, she was wonderful. 
Um, but she would tell me if it was like a basic question, she'd be like, all right, we'll go on the FAQ page and you can find the answer to that. And after probably three times of her telling me that I was like, or maybe two, I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to, you know, I know where to go to find yes. the answer. And if it's a different kind of question or a unique situation or whatever, mm-hmm. or you need to pull somebody in to do a three-way or whatever, like that's a different, you know, but I, but anyway, all that to say, then when I became a leader, I would say that, you know, oh, the FAQ yeah. page, if you go there. And after so many times, your team learns, like, I really believe that you teach people how to treat you. And so I think if you set the standard of, I'm not going to answer every little question, but I'm going to show you where you can go to find the solution. It empowers that person to feel like, oh, I can find the answer. And they feel good about finding the answer. Well, it's like that quote, more is caught than taught right? Same thing with our children. We can tell them the right things over and over and over, but it's like, you are setting that example, right? And it's the same thing with, with how your team, you know, how your team treats you, right? They're going to catch on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thought I had on this is, you know, whenever it comes to, because there's different levels of people in your team, like when you start to develop leaders on your team, um, it would, it's wise to have, you know, maybe like a weekly call with your top leaders, things like that. Um, but we always recommend in our multiply program, we always recommend have a requirement for that. So whether it's a certain Mm -hmm. amount of volume, somebody has to hit or certain amount of points, or, you know, they have to do something in order to have access to you at that level. And we don't, when we're talking about access, we don't mean like, Oh, you're untouchable and nobody should talk to you. That's not what we're trying to say. But we are saying like, if you're moving in the direction of really wanting to scale and grow, you will get to a point where your team is so big that you can't. Mm -hmm answer it. You don't have the time and capacity, nor is it wise to spend your time answering, you know, everybody's questions. Okay. So the second one is boundaries with standards and expectations. So I, Mm -hmm. I think this is a really important conversation because you, as the leader, you set the pace. And so whatever you allow, So this could be on your team page, in a thread, you know, chat thread, anything like that. Whatever you allow as far as the conversations, the attitude, the, you know, all those kinds of things is um, that's the kind of team that you will have. And so setting the bar high with your standards, meaning, you know, no bullying, no negativity, no complaining, um, it really allows you to first of all, like it repels the wrong kind of people and it helps you attract and retain the right kind of people. But that culture is so important. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I think the way in which you lead and the the culture that you create is going to determine the level of success that other leaders feel is available to them, right? Because if they feel confident and they feel the community is collaborative and encouraging and cheering them on and they want to be a part of that, right? It's like others are going to see that community and think, oh, I want to have a seat at that leadership table. You know, I want, they're going to crave to be a part of that community. And yeah, I mean, of course, like, you know, it's, no, it does not matter, right? The success of the team. There's, there's always like the one person, right? There's always like the negative, I hate to say negative Nancy, because I have a good friend whose name is Nancy, right? But there's always the negative Nelly or whatever, right? In the group. And over time, right? There was always a phrase, and I don't think it's like original to Pamper Chef, but it's like, you know, it might even be like John Maxwell or something, but basically people will weed, it'll like naturally weed people out. You know, it's like your culture sets the standard 
for what, you know, the way people are treated, the way people show up, um, you know, the way they engage with one another, what they have to contribute in order to have a seat at that table. And, you know, because of that, if people are not willing to conform to that culture, either they already have those qualities and characteristics, or they're not willing to conform, they'll weed themselves out. Yeah. Natural thing that will happen. Yeah. And so one of the things we have in our multiply coaching program is we have a really unique five-step inviting process. But one of the aspects that we teach in this five-step inviting process is having a um, conversation, like having a conversation with people as they are joining your team. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that we say is to set that expectation now, like before somebody even signs up, set that expectation of here is our team. This, these are our standards. This is what we stand for you know, is this a right fit for you? And oftentimes, like if somebody says no, that is not a negative thing. That's not a bad thing because it just means they're not part of of that culture. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. So I think, you know, one thing that people don't maybe talk as much about as far as a boundary is boundaries with your energy, right? Like I think that especially for me, I just want to say for me, I have MS. Like many people know my story. I have multiple sclerosis. It's like an autoimmune disease, whatever. And I am such a high achiever. You know, I still have all of these goals that I want to accomplish. And so once I, you know, realized I had this diagnosis, of course I went through my own personal, like, why me? You know, it was very like, seriously, like this is really frustrating and annoying and blah, blah, blah. But I also was like, you know what? Like, it's not cancer. Like, you know, I'm like, I can figure out how to still achieve the things I want to achieve, but what is that going to look like? You know? And for me, it meant that I had to have some serious boundaries around my energy. And it's something that I wasn't always careful about. Like it, I will admit, right. Like the part of my story, I do talk about, like when I got to the top, I was like really burnt out. And it was because I put my priorities in the wrong places. And like the way I was like handling things, But so much of my success came from me saying, okay, I have to go to bed at this time. And even now, still today, right? The success we're having, it means I'm taking better care of my body, you know, making it a priority of like, I have to walk and I have to, you know, so I do think as a leader, you know, something that's not talked about a ton is how to set boundaries around your energy. So I would love for you to share a little bit on that top, you know, that boundary as well, because I think everyone can benefit from being really mindful around that and like how it helps them show up better. Yeah. Well, I believe in general, like if you are not healthy and around and energized, you don't have a business. Like that's just the reality. And so oftentimes people compartmentalize health and they're like, oh, this is a separate thing or let me get to the top and then I'll worry about my health. But I, I don't agree with that. I like, I think it is, um, it's connected. It's very much connected. And for me, when it comes to energy, I feel like, especially because you and I are in the coaching space, that energy, like our words and our capacity to listen, you know, we have to be very attentive and listening to people and helping guide and mentor and problem solve. And so I think you have to be energized, you know, it's not like you can be on autopilot and, and be working. Um, and so it's really just simple things too, of, of I'm very routined with my sleep, which having three teenagers, there's times where that's challenged, you know, um, my kids are in a season where they are, they are up very, very late. And so there are times where it's like, you know, you do your best, but I am, I do try to be very prioritized. You know, I prioritize my sleep 
And then also what I eat. And this is not even necessarily a like diet or, you know, it has nothing to do with that. It's about, there are certain foods that I know, hey, if I have sugar at lunch, like I'm going to want to take a nap or I'm going to be tired. Oh, I'm going to yeah. feel, or, you know, groggy. And so, yes. And so even just like my food choices during the daytime, I'm like, I know I've got a coaching call or we're going to train this team or whatever. And I'm like, I am not going to be tired for that. Right. And so that's my motivation to really fuel my body and energize my body um, through nutrition. And so I think that's a piece of the energy. And also when it comes to energy levels, um, recognizing what battles are worth fighting and what are not like, even with my kids, certain things, I'm like, I don't even want to argue with you. Sure. Like, sure. Go do whatever, you know, like, yes, you can do whatever, like, you know, because it's like every conversation essentially drains you. And even with what we do, I recognize I have a, like, I'm limited on how many zoom calls I can get on per day. Like I, I recognize that, like, I know, okay, if I have this many things, um, and as a mom, I do have to cap that because I don't want to finish my work day. So kind of how you and I work, we pretty much both work. I mean, I know it's summertime right now, but we pretty much both work while our kids are at school and then, you know, we go into mom mode. And so what I've realized is if I give all of myself during the daytime from an energy perspective, then I don't show up as a mom the way that I want to. And because my kids are a priority, I have to dial back a little bit during the daytime. I'm like, I can only have this many conversations during the daytime right? so that, you know, when I go pick up my kids at three o'clock or whatever, that I still have that energy for the most important part of my day. So I think as a mom- you know, we have to, you know, this could be a whole other conversation, but I will say this too, is I do believe that there is a difference between men and women with this, because I think for men, they can get away with, you know, giving all of themselves at work and kind of checking out. I mean, you know, whatever you could disagree with me, but my point is as moms, like we are those that are the nurturers that are the keeper of our home that are, you know, doing all these things for our kids. And I think it's not that we can't achieve that same level of success, but I do think it has to look differently. Like it, it mm-hmm. does have to look a little bit differently. What are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree. I look at it kind of like um, rechargeable batteries, right? Like at night, that's when you're like recharging. You're like, if you guys have ever seen or used rechargeable batteries, it's like, there's usually four in a pack. It comes with this like big block. You, you plug them in and then you can plug it into the wall. And so it's like, when you go to bed at night, you're putting your rechargeable battery. So yourself, you are the, the battery and you're, you're putting it back in the pack to recharge, right? And so like, what happens is we get up and we have all these responsibilities for our family first thing in the morning or ourselves and whatever. And it takes a little bit of the battery. And then maybe we give ourselves some fuels and hopefully some good fuel because bad fuel, right? Food, right? Can like drain more of the battery. But if just like you were talking about, if you're intentional, you can add a little bit more. Like you're like, okay, let me like recharge a little bit or drink some water or make healthy choices or take supplements, whatever. And then just like you said, when we're on Zoom calls or trainings or a live video or whatever it is, every time we do that stuff, it drains a little bit. And so if you don't save some of that battery 
for what's important to you, you know, for those other priorities, by the end of the day, you'll have nothing left and you have no choice. I mean, because I have MS, it's like, I literally, if I get to that place, I have to lay down. Like, it's like, I'm literally like done. I have nothing else in me and I can't give that to my family. And I, I mean, I certainly don't want to live that way and I don't want my children to grow up that way. So yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, and the, the entire definition, definition, excuse me, of wealth is tied and was developed based around the term well-being. So it's like wealth is associated to your health. I totally believe that. I mean, I think a thousand percent. So the last boundary we're going to mention today is with your commitment to excellence. You know, I think um, in general, like as a high performer or someone who has all these big grand goals, or just even if you look at people at the top, it's like, that's how they show up. They show up with excellence. They show up even if it doesn't look pretty, they're giving their best, right? I mean, I, I posted something, um, I don't know when when this will go live, but in the time that we're recording, I posted something on um, Instagram and Facebook saying it was, I was on a walk and I was like, just thinking about a couple of things like athletic wise, because my daughter is in camp right now and all this stuff. And, you know, it just that concept of like, it's not your fault if you fall down in a race, like if you're running a race and you trip or like there's a stick, if you're like running a half marathon and there happens to be a stick in the road and for whatever reason, your feet just trip over it and you fall, right? It is your fault if you don't finish the race because you're choosing not to get back up. And I think just in general, like the most successful people and people that are living their life out of excellence, not just in this industry, right? But like the people who are Olympians or who achieve this high level of excellence, you know, like even my husband and I recently were talking about the blue angels and like what it would have to look like to become a blue angel, right? Like what an elite position. And it's like, you have to live in this mode of always working out of excellence, which does mean, right? Having these other boundaries, like in your energy and taking care of yourself and standards and expectations for those around you, as well as who gets access to you. Because if you want to live this life of excellence, you know, that means that it's not like you're trying to be mean to people and say, well, you can't be in my life because you're not living up to this, whatever. Like you're still going to be gracious and kind and giving back. But you also have to set a standard, right? Of like, if you want to be with me and grow with me, I'm holding you accountable to that, which I think there's so much love in that, right? There's so much growth. Like even you and I in our partnership, we're like, hey, you know, this many reach outs, this many team calls, you know, we, we ourselves have our own level of expectations of excellence. Oh, I love that. I love, I love what you said there. Yeah. I think when it comes to that expectation, you know, this actually made me think of, um, we have one of our clients who in our coaching call recently, she had shared about how she had told her upline she was working towards a goal. She was like, hey, I'm going to work towards this goal. And she got really close to the goal. And her upline basically said like, oh, it's not a big deal if you don't hit it, you know, kind of um, discouraged her from hitting that. Yeah. And I was really surprised to hear that, but that it just reminds, it just reminds you the importance of having people in your corner who are going mm -hmm. after the same things that you're going for and mm -hmm. keeping that commitment to excellence. Because yeah. if you have someone, you know, think about the difference between having an upline that's like, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, and, and there could be reasons. <laughs> it could be because of that own, you know, that person maybe is not at that level or, you know, it could be they just, you know, are trying to be nice, but I don't know that that's really, anyway, there could <laughs> be reasons for that. But my point is that imagine the difference between an upline saying, 
actually I'm going to use two examples. So the example I'm giving you, imagine that upline saying, um, hey, it's not a big deal. It's okay if you don't hit it. Like, no, you know, no worries, whatever. Trying to make somebody feel better versus we had another client who, if you remember, Becky, um, it was probably like six months ago, um, Judy in our program, she shared about how her upline, she was like a couple days away or maybe it was like one day. Yeah. I think she was yeah. like a day away from earning like one or two days. Day. Yes. From earning her incentive trip. And she kind of started to doubt herself. She was like, I don't think I, she, she kind of gave up on whether she could do it. And her upline was like, girl, you've got this, like, let's do this. And she literally, mm -hmm. she literally in like 24 hours hit it, yes, which just goes to show like the power of having people yeah. in your corner. And so I think when it comes oh, to a commitment, so this one, number four is the boundaries with your commitment to excellence. So I think when you are mm -hmm. committed to, I want to achieve blank. And you say, no matter what, like, this is what I'm going after. You have to have boundaries. And sometimes you have to ignore voices around you. And sometimes those people can be friends, family members, people who genuinely love you, but then they may not be on the same path that you're on. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Totally agree. I think in general, you know, I know sometimes these, the, this topic of boundaries can be hard, whether it's with loved ones, family members. Um, but when you really look at just in general, like what you want to accomplish, like what's on your vision board, what are your goals, like where you want to be so much of that can be checked off by leveraging your compensation plan. And, and it really is going to be, it's going to mean that to become that leader, to step into that leadership role, you might have to put these boundaries in place, you know? And so I'm really excited because we're actually going to be having a free webinar that you guys are going to get to um, have access to. So we will put the link in the show notes. And, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you're catching this, we will make sure to include the um, link to register for that because it's going to be so great. Do you want to talk real briefly about um, what, what they're going to hear? Yes. Okay. So wherever you are, stop and make sure you go to the show notes, copy this link and register for this free webinar. So it's going to be on July the 19th. It's going to be at 12 o'clock central time. And it's all about how to maximize your compensation plan. So this is something where if you are in your business and maybe you've kind of been like, all right, how do I, you know, how do I really make money? Like, what are the actions that you need to be taking to actually make money? You have got to attend this event. So I had someone um, yesterday, there was somebody who was interested in our multiply program and she sent me a message and she said, what sets you apart from other coaches? And I was like, man, mm -hmm. this is such a great question. And yeah. my response to her was, well, I feel very confident that we can get our clients results. And I sent her, like, I literally sent her a screenshot of all these people that we've worked with. And so I'm sharing this because um, Becky and I are going to be hosting this masterclass webinar. And if you're that person that you're like, you know, I'm tired of hearing fluff. I really want to know, like, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? Like, what are the actions that I need to take yeah. in order to make money in my business? That is who this is for. So July 19th, that is a Wednesday at 12 o'clock central time. We're going to teach you all about how to maximize your compensation plan. Yes, because with leadership, boundaries is really just the beginning, right? You're going to set these standards, set yourself up 
for growth and success, but then you need to learn, like, don't just be busy doing whatever, right? But be busy with the right things, the right income producing activities. So I'm super excited about this training. They're going to get so much value from it. And I just really think it might change someone's life. So you might need to hear what we have to share. And um, hopefully we will see you there. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you on the 19th. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening to my podcast today. One way to spread the word and share what you've learned today with others is just to simply take a screenshot, post it on your social platforms, and don't forget to tag me. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a five-star review on whatever platform that you're listening to this episode on. As always, I appreciate your love, support, and encouragement. I'm cheering you on, friend.